heaven is going to be living in the presence of the Lord with joy and pleasures forevermore for all of eternity. You know, some people think that you're going to have to, you know, go through the whole process every day of church, of, you know, the choir singing, hearing the preacher preach and all this. That's not what heaven is like. We come to church here to learn and understand what what the Word of God teaches us and how we need to grow in faith and, and to understand what heaven, what our future home is all about so that we can set our sights there, so that we can uh, gr- uh, grow uh, in that thing. Remember, if you ever watched uh, The Wizard of Oz where uh, Dorothy and the Tin Man and, and all that there, at the end she was saying, there's no place like home, there's no place like home. There's no place. She was on an exciting journey, helped those those people. But at the end, she said, there's no place like home. And that needs to be our cry in our heart that, you know, we're on a journey here. It may be exciting and there may be uh, exploits and, and there might be some dangers that we go through and face like they did there. But we need to say there's no place like home. That heaven, home, heaven is my home, and I can't, I long to be there. Dorothy longed to get back home. She wanted to be back home, and, and so we need to, to long to be in that place called heaven. There's no place like home. Colossians chapter 1, and I want to read uh, the first eight verses. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, who are at... Colossae, or who are at Bloomsburg Community Church. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. You know, because you are the saints and you are the faithful. You are the church. So Colossae was back then, but today we are Bloomsburg Community Church. So grace and peace be unto you from God our Father. The word of God is eternal. It it never ends. It didn't speak just to the people at Colossae, just to the church at, uh, uh, to the Colossian church, but it speaks to every church, to every believer who would have an ear to hear and a heart to receive. The word of God is alive and active. We give thanks, verse three, to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. We pray for you. And we need to be praying for one another. Amen. Just even this morning as we did, we pray for one another. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints. You see, our, we need to encourage each other in our walk. We need to believe the word of God. We need to love the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have to love what? Uh, one another. The saints. You know, we have to love one another. Not like. I can like you. But the Bible says we have to have love for one another. Is that easy to have? It only comes through through our relationship with Christ in our life that we're able to love each other with the love of God. Verse 5. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel. So in verse 5, that's what we want to look at here. What does it say? Because of the hope which is laid up for you in the heavens. You have a hope laid up for you. You know what that means, laid up? It means set aside just for you. You have a hope set aside for you in the heavens, in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. So where was it heard? Where did the Colossian church hear that they had a hope of heaven? It says, which you heard before in the word of truth, the gospel. So what does the gospel teach us and what does it tell us? We have a hope of heaven. And it's from the word of God. 
which is come unto you, even as it is also in the world, bearing fruit and increasing as it do in you, since the day you heard it and knew the grace of God in truth. So the word of God is that we need to understand and know that we have a hope set aside for us, a place. Jesus says in the Gospel of John, I go to prepare a place for you. He has set aside a hope in heaven for you, a home for you and I. Now, we pass by that so many times in in, uh, in our times in church. Uh, I go to prepare a place for you. And, but we have to really connect with that and, and and tune into that and lock into that. We have a hope set aside for us by God in heaven for you and me. And the gospel teaches that. And here it says it was preached to them. If you go down uh, to verse number 7 and 8. Verse number 7 and 8. Even as ye learned of Ephesus, our beloved fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. So Paphras was one of the the ministers who preached to the church of Colossae about their hope in heaven. And so we need to have that taught and preached to us our hope of heaven. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to go into a, a time of learning about what is our hope that is in heaven. And if you go now to Colossians chapter number 3, the same book, if you just go over to Colossians chapter 3, verse number 1, And the Bible tells us, if then you were raised together with Christ, what does that mean? Is that if you asked Christ, Jesus, to be the Lord and Savior of your life, He has raised you up to life with Him. How many of you have been born again? How many of you have had that experience of of coming, Jesus taking you out of darkness and into His marvelous light? How many have been born again in the house of the Lord this morning? Raise your hand if you've been born again. God has taken you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And it says, so we have been raised up together in Christ. And so what do we do now that we're raised up with Christ? Now we have a different focus of life. Now our our attention, because before we were raised up in Christ... We were living our focus and our mind and our, our things were uh, focused on the, on the ground, ground level. We were focused this way on everything that is around us. Oh man, look at the, that's a nice house. I would like that. I would, our focus was this way on an earthly plane, on an earthly level. That's only natural because a natural man desires the things that are of the earth, of the world, the worldly things. And so that's where man is. But Jesus has come to take us into his very self, to give us born again, make us have that born again experience so that we have new life in him. Now the Lord wants us to not look this way, but now he wants us to look this way. Okay, what's up there? Why do I got to look that way? There's just sky up there. And What's up there? But Jesus said, no, there's, there, we've got to look this way because there's something up there that you can't see with the natural eye, but God wants to reveal it to us. And it says here, set your mind. You know, the Bible says that our spirit is renewed instantly. We, when we come to the Lord and we say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins and come into my life and be my Savior, be my Lord, He 
instantly transforms our spirit. But the Bible says that we have to renew daily our mind. This is the, this is the thing that a computer chip that has to constantly be updated and, and, and that we have to download the new software from heaven. You know, we have to constantly get that download going here because otherwise, you know, we're, we're, we're stuck with old out there. So we need our minds to be renewed, the Bible says, by the word of God every day. And what is the part of that renewal that takes place in our mind? It gets our eyes to go this way and our hearts to go this way. And we start looking now, what is, what is, this that you have set aside for us in heaven, Lord. And so it says, set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are upon the earth. Uh, things that are above. Now, Jesus isn't talking about the ceiling here, and he's not talking about put our focus on the lights or the fan that's turning up there. Those are above, aren't they? But that's not what the Lord is talking about. He's talking about above this earth, above and beyond what we can see with the natural eyes. He wants that because he wants us to get into our mind the thing that earth is not our home. We're moving. We are moving. Men, woman, we are getting ready to move. This place is not your home. Now, in the natural realm, nobody wants to hear we're moving. That's not exciting news. When, when, you, when, when somebody says, oh, man, I'm moving, Right away, you, you you can go back to what your experience was like at moving. Oh, I got a moving truck. We got to pack up all the, the glasses, and we got to get all boxes. We got, and it's not a pleasant. You don't look forward. How many of you look forward to moving, to packing up, getting the truck, uh, uh, all that? You know, I'll pray with you if you look forward to that. But you know, you no know one looks forward to moving. Nobody does. You know, it's a, it's a whole different process. You know, you gotta work it out with the electric company and you got a water company and you got a phone company and, and there's a whole process that goes along. And, and, uh, it's known fact that, that moving is a high stress. It's number two to the, uh, other than the death of a loved one or, or close, uh, family member, that moving is the second most stressful thing in a person's life. So when I say we're moving to heaven, you say, oh, oh. Well, the good news is that you're not going to have to pack up all your furniture. You're not going to have to pack up anything. Not your crystal glasses and all those little things, those little knickknacks that you accumulated over the years and all those things that you you're they're not going with you. So when we think of moving into heaven, you know what? We don't have to take anything with us. We can't take anything with us. You know, you can't pack up uh, your thing or, or, you know, and say, uh, well, Lord, can I take this with me to heaven? The answer is no. God has prepared a place for us that is fully furnished with spiritual heavenly things. Nothing that you have here will go with you into heaven. And so when we say that we're moving, we have to know that. Uh, also, when you think of someone, God wants us to go onward and upward with him, you know. And so we have to start realizing that our focus is on our heavenly home, not so much here. And uh, so we, we, we need to get that going in our life. God wants us to spiritually to grow and to move closer in Him, to be more heavenly minded. And things, there are things that weigh us down that keep us like from, from getting up to that place. You know, if a person gets in one of those balloons, I'll never get in one. Uh, you will never see me get into a, like a hot air balloon or anything like that. 
I will not do it. You cannot pay me to get into a hot air balloon. I will not go. You know, I, I will kick and scream. I will not go into a hot air balloon. But there are people who think that's wonderful to get into a hot air balloon and go up. And, you know, and uh, sometimes you got to, you know, you have to throw things over so that you can go higher or something like that. They bring a sand. They bring a big sand thing. And you, you throw out some sand and you go higher and higher. You know, that's how it used to be. I don't know if it still is. And so, in, you know, in, uh, in life, it's like God wants us to get rid of those weights that hold us down from soaring up so that we can get a, a closer glimpse of what's there. And so we got to get rid of those things in our life that keep us focused this way. And we want to take those things in our life, like the Word of God and fellowship with one another, so that we, we can focus upward and heavenly on that heavenly realm. And so if we look now at this first uh, Corinthians chapter number 2, verses 9 and 10. And if you want to write these verses down so that when you're home you can go over them again, that would be good. First Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. And we look to the Word of God because it's the Word of God that instructs us, that imparts knowledge and understanding to us. You know, a man or a teacher or someone can get up and give you eloquent words and, and just speak, I believe and I, I think and I know. But when we have to look to the Word of God. So that's why I like to point us us to the Word of God because that is our life. That is our truth. That is what changes our lives and, and parts to us for all of eternity. The Word of God will be with us for all of eternity. And so that's why the Word of God is important. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, But as it is written, uh, Things which I saw not and ear heard not, and which enter not into the heart of man, whatever things God prepared for them that loved him. So when we, when, if you just scroll down one, one verse there, uh, to verse number eight, uh, which none of the rulers have known, for they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And it goes on to say here, but as it is written, things which the eye never seen or the ear has never heard, and which has not entered into the heart of man, what God has prepared for them. People say, well, how can you know what heaven is like? Because this verse says that nobody saw and could, or know, or the heart hasn't known what God has prepared to them. You see, God has a, a plan for our life and for our future. Remember we said, talking about the attributes of God, he's Alpha and Omega, first and the last. He knows all. He's all wise. His, we can never comprehend all there is to know of God. We just cannot. It's, it's impossible for our infinite little human, our, our little, uh, human minds to comprehend an infinite God. We just cannot do that. And so it says here that uh, what God has prepared for us, see, what God has prepared for us, in other words, we can't go take a peek and see, let me go see. You know, you know. sometimes little kids, when they get presents, they try to peek to see what, what the gift is, you know, or whatever. How many of you have done that? When you maybe you were little, even when you were big, you know, you try and see what it is that somebody got you, you know, before it gets wrapped or something like that. You're inquisitive. And so we can't peek to see what the actual place that God prepared for us looks like. And we haven't heard what it is, but we know that Jesus says, I have gone, I prepare a place for you in heaven. God's plan for you is so in-depth, so beyond our understanding and comprehension, because we're still in flesh. We're not in uh, in those bodies, the spiritual bodies yet, so we can't even understand that transformation, but to let alone the depth of what God has prepared for us, it's hard for us to grasp. But, verse number 10, 
But, but, don't stop at verse number 9. You have to go on. But, you know, God has revealed them, what? The things that we previously could not see or hear or understand, God has revealed them to us, it says, uh, through the Spirit. Why is it important to have the Holy Spirit in your life? Why is it important to have Him and look to Him and, and call and say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit? Because as we have said in the past, it is important. The Spirit is the one who is left with us. Jesus says, I go. When I go, I will send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, to be with you always. He will teach you and remind you of all things that I have said. And He will reveal to you other things. So it is the Holy Spirit today who brings back to remembrance and brings to life the Word of God that we uh, ingest spiritually into our lives. And everything that we've heard in the past, the Word, the Holy Spirit quickens that. And it is through the Holy Spirit that God brings to us an understanding, a spiritual ear to hear, a spiritual eye to see, a spiritual heart to understand all that God has prepared for us. Because the Bible also says that the natural man cannot, cannot understand or receive or comprehend the things of the Spirit. It is impossible to do. The Bible teaches us that. But when we are born again, when we have that new heart and that new spirit, the Bible says we get a new heart. And it is that new heart which God now, through His Holy Spirit, can bring revelation to us and give us glimpses and a little bit more understanding and knowledge of what God has set aside, what our hope set aside for us in heaven is like. What is it like? We can't walk around saying, I don't know, I don't have a clue, because that's not true. The Word of God shows us, but it's only when you're born again and filled with the Spirit of God that these things become real and alive to you. To you, And so it says that through the Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all, th- <coughs> all things, yea, even the deep things of God. Again, what God has prepared for us is beyond, it's too deep for us. But those deep things are brought up by the Spirit to a place, to a level. They're brought up to a level where we can begin to digest and understand and see with our level of comprehension. You know, we have a certain level of comprehension. It's too deep. We can't look into the deep things of God because it's beyond us. But when the Spirit of God brings that the things that are in the depth of God, He brings them up to our level of understanding, then we begin to say, Ah, so that's what heaven is like. So that's what life in Christ is all about. The Spirit brings it up to our level wherever we may be. Everyone is on a different level of comprehension and understanding, but God works with His Spirit so that everyone, no exception, He brings it up to your level of comprehension and understanding and He imparts it to you. He opens your spiritual eyes and He and He can say, ah, so that's what it's all about. That's what God means. That's what He's saying. And if we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 3, And, uh, well, verse, go back to number two, uh, verse number two. Uh, sorry. I know a man in Christ 14 years ago, whether in the body, I know not, or whether out of the body, I know not. God knoweth. Such a one caught up even to the third heaven. Now, the Word of God tells us here that there was a, 
And he goes again in verse number three, and I know such a man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I don't know. See, there's some things Paul says, look, I don't get this. I don't know how this happened, but I, God knows. See, there's things we cannot process with our human mind. Only God can. But he says, how it happened, I don't know. But did it happen? Yes. See, Paul is not given an explanation of how he got transported to the third heaven. He said, but he says third heaven. When you go up on an elevator, you see the thing going, ding, first floor, ding, second floor, ding, third floor, right? And so Paul knew that he was being on the third floor of heaven. He apparently knew that he, was a, he wasn't on the first floor. He knew he wasn't on the second. Somehow, he knew that he was on the third floor. How did he know that? Look at his words. I don't know. Don't ask me. He said, but I know it happened. You know, ask God. God knows. But I know, Abdeen, I was on the third floor of heaven. You know, I was in the third heaven. So when we say, well, God, all right, what are the heavens like? Well, the Word of God tells us that when we look into the sky and we see birds flying and we see the clouds and we see airplanes going by, sometimes they go over your house and they're loud, that's the first heaven. That's the heaven that contains the stars and the moons and, and, and the birds, uh, I mean, the, the, the level of the birds and the planes and all that. Then, you know, NASA can tell you, NASA, NASA, not NASA, NASA, am I saying it right now? NASA, humana, humana. NASA says that when you get beyond the Earth's atmosphere, you're in a whole new different realm. Because the, the, the heaven that encompasses the Earth has gravity. But then there's a heaven, there's a second heaven out there in which all, like Pluto, where, where you don't want to be there, you don't want to go there. But sometimes there's, there's those planets out there, that's the second heaven. And we don't know, man cannot put a, a, a depth, an end to the second heaven. No one knows how, how far out that goes. But that's a second heaven. And the Bible says that when the Lord returns, it says that heavens are going to open like a scroll. And you're going to see the Lord coming out of heaven uh, as it was. So there's somewhere beyond that a third heaven. And that's where heavenly activity, all the, the presence of God and all that takes place. And so the Bible, Paul says, how I got there, I don't know. You know, I, I didn't, I wasn't blasted off on a rocket ship. You know, I don't know how I got there, but I was there, the third heaven. And somehow he was there. So there is... Uh, a place called heaven beyond what man can see. You can't get a telescope and look and say, oh, let me peek in heaven's window and see what's going on. You know, let me see if they got the shades up. You know, you can't do that. No one can look into heaven to see what's going on there. But God revealed to you the things of it. But there is a place called heaven, a third heaven. And if you go to sit now, uh, uh, Hebrews chapter number 12, verse number 22 and 23. Bible makes it clear that we have a hope set up for us in heaven. That it's in a place that we cannot see in the natural realm. And the, is it real? Yes, because Paul said he was caught up to the third heaven. And here, ver, Hebrews 12, 22, But ye, you, are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and into an innumerable host of angels. So where is the city of the living God? It's somewhere up there in that third heaven where the Lord is, and there's an innumerable host of angels. 
Now, how, how, how much property is up there in heaven? A numeral host of angels. We don't know, but we know that there is a place in heaven where the living God has a city called the New Jerusalem, uh, called the Jerusalem. Verse tw- uh, 23, and to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, that's you and I. We're the church of the firstborn. If you're born again in Christ, you are the church of the firstborn. And it says, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, when we gather together here, the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some is. We're the assembly of the, of the body of Christ. We are the church of the firstborn. Who are? Who are enrolled in where? Who are enrolled in heaven. Do you know that you're enrolled in heaven? You're not there yet, but you're enrolled. When you enroll, when you, when you sign, when you enroll into a program or you enroll, uh, to a school, you know, Lindsay, if you enroll to a college or something, uh, and, and they say, okay, you're accepted. Well, once you're enrolled there on their rolls, you're as good as being there, although you're not there yet. You can be enrolled into a school and yet not be in the school yet. You're gonna go at some future time, right? You can be enrolled in a program, but the program doesn't start until maybe September. But does that mean that you're not going to get in? No, you're going to get in. How do you know that you're going to get in? Because you're enrolled in that program. So who's the who enrolls you? The Bible says that if your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you're and guess what? You're enrolled in heaven. How do you get enrolled in heaven? By accepting Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. Once it does, the Bible makes clear several references in the Bible that says, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That's the enrollment of heaven. And so you are enrolled, it says, you are enrolled in heaven. And so, hallelujah, we have a hope. That's why we read in Colossians, you, there's a hope set apart for you in heaven. You're enrolled. And, and, and how do people say, oh, how do you know that you're going to get into heaven? Because the Bible tells me so. My name is enrolled in heaven. How do I know that? Because I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. I don't get to heaven by my works or deeds or anything, but by my faith in Jesus Christ and my faith in him helps me with the filling of the Holy Spirit, helps me to do the, the works that go along with faith. But it is not my works that get me in, it's that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm enrolled in heaven. I'm part of the church of the firstborn, of that great assembly that gathers to worship my God and my Savior. You're an assembly that worships God. That's why we get together on a Sunday. We're not here to, to we're not the moose club. You know, we're, we're not here to, uh, you know, blow a great horn. Okay, now everybody, all right, let's, let's do the moose pledge. You know, it's, that's not what we're here for. We're, uh, I don't know if they have a pledge. I don't, I'm just saying. But we're not here to do that. We're here to worship God, knowing that our names are enrolled in the Lamb's book of life. We are, we are His. And, uh, if we go to John now, chapter 14, verse number one to three. Guys, um, or even ladies, when you first uh, met your husband or your boyfriend and, and he says, uh, I'm going to come by and pick you up at five, 6 o'clock and uh, we'll go out, we'll have something to eat, we'll go have whatever. And uh, how do you feel? 
Do you, you, do you start to get your, make preparations for when he's going to come? Right? I think most women do, right? If, 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 I mean, pre-marriage and all, if you, you're engaged and your husband, and your husband to be or you're the love of your life, you're, you're that, that man who's, uh, you know, just, you know, he's, he's that, that's it. He's the, he's the man. You know, he's, he's the one. When he comes into your life and says, I'm going to come and pick you up at six o'clock, be ready. What do you say? You know, it's five or four thirty. Come. What do you? What, I mean, your your hair is all messed up, and you know, you're you know, no makeup. I mean, not that's that you need. I, don't get me wrong. You don't not that you need that. But you know what I'm saying? You're not. You know, you're just. You don't just say, okay, uh, a couple minutes to six. I'll wait till he comes here. Well, you're you're making preparations. You know, you're in there like, uh, how do I look? You know, do I? Look? You know, and you're freshening up because you're expecting him to come to pick you up. And so it's natural. In the natural, we don't have any problem getting ready, prepared for for a special occasion. Uh, in the in the natural, how about when when now you know he picked you up and you just went out and you had a wonderful dinner and and you talked and shared hearts and all that good stuff and and now you know he gives you the ring, your proposal, and all that. And you say, okay, yeah, wow, you're gonna get married. Now though, your wedding date is coming up. Now don't you make a lot of preparations for that, right? For your wedding day, you don't. Those are things you make preparations for. You get ready because uh, you believe that, um, you know, we're going to get married and we're looking forward to this. And so there's preparations that you do. And so here in uh, John chapter 1, verse 14, verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God and believe in me, who is Jesus. In my Father's house are many mansions. There, there's, like I said before, what God has prepared for us in heaven, there is no earth comparison. None. Not even close. You, you just, you can't even begin to compare what God has built for us than what man has built for us. You can, you can get the most uh, skilled, most uh, creative uh, a builder on the face of this earth, and he can build you one, uh, according to this world standard, one fabulous, fantastic house, and it will not compare to what God, what Jesus has be prepared for you in heaven. No. N- n- not even, not even a drop in the bucket. And it says, if uh, I, I would have, he says, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus is, is, is expecting you to be there. And he's going to prepare this wonderful place for each and every one of us. We have a hope set up for us in heaven. Who has set it up for us? Jesus. Through God the Father, Jesus has set up a mansion for us. Mansion means that's, uh, think about it. You got a mansion in heaven. You know, uh, some place that is wonderful. And he says, and if I go to prepare a place for you. Now, Jesus said, if I go to prepare, I'm not, he, he's not, he's not doubting. He's not making you doubt. He's saying, I am. Uh, it's a, it's a done deal. It's a sure thing. I'm preparing a place. Now, if I've prepared a place, if I've gone through all that time and effort to prepare a place for you, that 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 uh, uh, I, I for uh, if I go to prepare, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will come again and will receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. You know what that means? Jesus is going to pick you up and personally drive you to that place. Yes, He is. 
Don't look at me funny. Jesus is going to come and pick you up. Jesus says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will receive you unto myself. Get in, get in that, that limo that's going to drive you to your mansion. And Jesus is that, so he says that where I am, that you may be also. Jesus has gone, is, is doing work on your behalf because he wants you to spend eternity with him. And listen to it. It's true. What God wants you to, to spend eternity with him. And he says that when he comes, he's going to receive you unto himself, you unto himself. And he says, so that where I am, you will be also. So you're going to get a personal uh, escort into your heavenly mansion by Jesus. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yeah. That's holy. It's right. It's true. It's not worldly. It's heavenly. It's true. Jesus is going to come and pick you up and say, come on, I'm going to take you to your mansion that I prepared for you. He's going to be smiling at your face all the way there. He's going to have, you think your husband can smile good? You think your wife can smile good? When Jesus smiles at you and says, come on, let me show you what I built for you. Man, you're, you're, you're just going to be overwhelmed with the joy and the gladness that God has for you. You ever think of that verse that way? That I will come and pick you up and drive you right right to that home. And uh, if we go to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter number 5, verses number 1 through 9. Hallelujah. Jesus has built a home for us in heaven. He wants us to live there with him forever. And he's doing all that he can do through his word and through his spirit to see that we finish the course and finish the race. So on that day, we'll hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy and into the rest of of our Lord. For we know that if the earthly house of our tabernacle, what is the earthly house of our tabernacle? You're looking at it right here. This, this is the earthly house of our tabernacle. Not much to it, is there, when you think about it. For I mean, it, it's it's amazing how it is, but but if we know that the earthly house of our tabernacle be dissolved, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. That home, that mansion that Jesus built for you, it's not going to need paint in five years. It's it's eternal. It's forever. You have a a. a, a You have a deed that says you're living here forever and ever and ever and ever. It's an eternal home. We'll never have to move again. When you get into that place that Jesus built for you, there's nowhere else that you never will have to move again. You're home forever. You're home for eternity. And you're home eternal where you'll never die again. This body passes away. But when you're in heaven, you'll be in a body that never dies again. Uh, it says, for verily in this we groan. How many of you groan in this? Huh? Oh, man, I got to get up again. I'm too tired. You know, can I get another five minutes? My wife says, no, you got to get up. You're the pastor. Come on. So, you know, I can't, you know, so verily in this we groan, longing to be clothed upon with our habitation, which is from heaven, which is from heaven. And uh, so you see where we have a home in heaven. That's who, that's what we're looking forward to. And I want to just uh, go to uh, Revelation chapter 21, verse number 3. We're going to end with uh, this for this morning. Uh, well, verse 20, keep it there. Uh, 
21.2, And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, come down out of heaven of God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his peoples, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And it goes on, if you, uh, if you, if you uh, go down to verse number 9, scroll up to verse number 9, uh, it says, And there came out of the seven uh Come hither, and I will show thee the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried uh, me away. We're the bride. We are the bride of Christ. Remember we said, I said, Jesus is going to come and take you. Bride, when, when you're married, and uh, there's a time when just you and your husband get into that, that uh, limousine or whatever it is, and uh, that driver takes you away to wherever it is to to your uh, to go on your whatever your I mean you go from the church wedding you go usually to the reception and then you go from there you go off to your wherever you're going your honeymoon or whatever and so Jesus is going to take you away to that place to that holy city uh, Jerusalem and it says uh, go up uh, to eleven. Having the glory of God, her light was like a stone, jasper and, and, and crystal clear. And it goes on, it tells you, if you go all the way, well, I'm not going to read through that. But if you go all the way, read through all of chapter 21 of Revelation, it tells you, it gives you a description of the things that are going to be part of your heav- heavenly habitation. Now, everyone will have their own mansion. But overall, your mansion will be in the midst of many other mansions. It's going to be like a, a city. And so there's going to be, you know, when you go into a city, you know, there, there's homes all around. So everyone is going to have their own mansion. You're going to be personally uh, escorted and taken there by Jesus who has prepared it for you. He's going to take you and he's going to say, look, let me show you what I've made for you, how I prepared it for you, how I know the this here. So God will bring you there. But we're going to be in the midst of a, a, a holy habitation of many mansions around us. But the streets are going to be of gold. You're not going to have blacktop. You know, you get out and you walk on blacktop and whoo, you got to have shoes on. You know, you can't just walk out there. And sometimes there's weeds that grow. But the streets of heaven don't have grass growing up. You don't have to mow. It's streets of gold. There's, there's jasper, crystal, all these things that have no value as, as we look at it today. We're not going to be trying to rip up a block of gold and put it in our pocket in heaven. It's going to be, you know, that's not going to matter. The beauty of it is going to be so great and awesome. There will be no need, you know, for, for to, to, to go to an ATM or anything like that. Everything in heaven is there. It's free. It's for you. It's a, a, a wonderful habitation. No more death, dying, sickness, death. But the greatest thing is that you're going to be in the presence of the Lord, of Father God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the, the, and all the angel, uh, all the saints of God, all the angels of God is going to be one awesome place. And we're going to look more into heaven next Sunday. But I want you to begin to see that you have a hope set up for you in the heavens according to the word of God, and Jesus has prepared a place for you, and you are already enrolled in it. You're going to, you're enrolled. You're going to be there. Someday you're going to be there. Jesus is going to come and take you, catch you up and bring you there. Are you glad you have a hope set apart for you in heaven? Are you glad? I can't wait. There's no place like home. 
No place like home, like the heavenly place that God has built for me. So I'm journeying through here, and I'm enjoying the journey. I'm trying to enjoy the journey. And we, as we journey through life with one another, it's helping each other to understand this is not your home. This is not your home. Someday we're going to leave these earthly tabernacles and we're going to behold our true home set apart in heaven for us, made whose, whose maker, our heaven, our mansion is not made hands, but by God. And, and, and so we have a wonderful hope of heaven. That is good news. That is good news. We have a wonderful hope of heaven. Well, bless God. I pray every one of you are enrolled in heaven. How many of you know that you are enrolled in heaven? Raise your hand if you know that you are enrolled in heaven. Bless God. Bless God. Sister, raise two hands. Bless God, because that's excitement. That's true. I'm doubly excited. I'm enrolled in heaven. Hallelujah. And so, bless the Lord. Let's all stand as we close this morning's service.